Boy, what a good song. Think about that last verse there. We're not going to sing it again because uh, I don't want to lead it for one thing. Boy, them some high notes, all right? But, uh, uh, but it says there, Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to lo- write the love of God would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Boy, what an incredible passage, really, that he wrote that song. And if you think about it, he, he is magnifying how great the love of God is. And God's love is, is just, it's amazing. And when you stop to think about it, it is just spectacular. And it is really beyond description. It's beyond our uh, ability to really expound and, and explain the entirety of the love of God. Boy, what a, what a great song. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3. And I encouraged our Sunday school class, and I want to encourage you as well in our, in our morning service, uh, grab a Bible reading schedule. We're on January 1st, all right? So you're not late. The day's not over. There's still time. Uh, get a Bible reading schedule, and, uh, and you can still read those three chapters that you're supposed to read this morning, uh, and, uh, and you have not missed anything. So uh, be sure to get a Bible reading schedule and uh, strive to read through the Bible. You say, Pastor, I didn't finish last year. Hey, just keep chugging away at where you're at and keep working at it and go ahead and grab one so that when you finish up on uh, whenever it is that you'll get done, then you can go ahead and start again. And, and there's, that's okay. Uh, sometimes we get behind. That's all right. I want to encourage you to keep going and, uh, and read the Word of God. Uh, Colossians chapter number three, I'm going to preach actually on uh, the Word of Christ. One verse, Colossians chapter three and verse number 16 The Bible says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. What a great verse. And uh, as we start this new year, uh, the thought that, that really we should have and we ought to carry throughout the year is that the Word of God would be in us. And uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer before we get into the message this morning. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. Thank you for your many blessings. Father, thank you for the privilege that we have to be able to start our year on the first day of the year in church and worshiping you. God, what a privilege, what a a pleasure really it is. And so, Father, I pray that you'd speak to each and every heart. God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. And God, I pray that you would just, uh, just impress upon people's hearts the importance of your word in their life. And Father, we'll certainly thank you for that. And God, I'll give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. As we look at this verse, uh, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. I, uh, I started looking at the whole passage, and I really wanted to preach the whole passage, and, and uh, I feel like we'll just stick to this one verse, but Paul is really, he starts the chapter out by saying, hey, set your affection on things above. In other words, we, we are so easily drawn away from the things of God to the things of the world. 
And listen, in all honesty, we draw ourselves away sometimes. I mean, we just distract ourselves. We get ourselves drawn away. Sometimes uh, I am my own worst enemy when I have to do something or uh, study. And man, I, I, I'll be honest with you, uh, I like, I'm a doer. I like to do things, and I'd rather be doing things uh, sometimes than uh, doing other things. And the things I do are not necessarily wrong, they're not bad, but I'd rather fix things. I'd rather be working with my hands and doing this and doing that, and sometimes I'm my own worst enemy in that regard. But we are to set our affection on things that are above. And, uh, and we're to uh, turn our, our eyes to the Lord. And then he gives us the, the put off the things of our flesh and put on the things of God. And he, and he comes all the way down to verse 16 where he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And as we start a new year... And praise the Lord, it's already been said, as you're starting the year off right, praise the Lord in the, in the, the house of God. Uh, listen, what a blessing we have. Really, it hasn't happened since 2011. It lines up with Christmas, if you haven't figured that out, all right? Uh, but has it happened since 2011, and it won't happen again in two until 2033. And uh, if the Lord tarries is coming, now we might not make it. I mean, praise the Lord, he might come, and uh, we'll all meet in heaven, and that'll be okay, too. Uh, but, uh, but listen, it's great to, uh, to be in, in the house of God on the first day of the year, and, uh, and we need to set our affection and be reminded to uh, let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. And sometimes people have a plan, and things don't go according to plan, and sometimes the plans get sidetracked, and other pursuits become a priority, and sometimes they don't have a plan at all. They have a desire. They say, well, I want to allow God's Word in my life, but I don't really know how to go about doing that. Um, and then sometimes they know how to go about doing it, but then they get sidetracked, and sometimes uh, other things pop up, but we must have a plan and work our plan. And so I want to help you this morning uh, as, far as, uh, as, as far as this verse says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And how can we do that? Well, I want you to notice the very first word of the verse is let. That means to allow to give permission, to give entrance into our life. Listen, if, we, if you don't realize it, um, your life, God has made us with a free will. And God has allowed us to make choices in our life. And God has allowed us uh, to choose this or to choose that. This morning, you made a choice. Uh, you, you didn't just pop out of bed and say, uh, well, I'm going to go to church and just jump in the car and came. No, you, you made a choice. You got ready. You probably ate breakfast, I'm assuming, unless you skip breakfast. You got your clothes and you got uh, uh, them all ready and, and you look nice and you did your hair and the ladies did their makeup and, and you did all of that by choice and you chose to come to church. It was a choice that you made because God has given us many choices in our life. And listen, God did not create us as robots, that we would just do whatever he wants us to do. And, and when he moves this, that, uh, then we move this arm. And when he moves that, I move this leg. And, and all of that, God created us with a free will. And he wants us 
to choose to allow him in our life. And if we're going to let the, uh, the word of Christ dwell in us richly, hey, we've got to let it enter us on a regular basis. The very first thing that I think about as far as entering is salvation. Obviously, uh, listen, if you are not saved and you're not born again, then, then listen, your life is closed to God. And you've not allowed him to come into your life. You've not allowed him entrance into your heart. Listen, God desires, this is the most amazing thing, thinking about the love of God, is that God, the God who created the universe, the God who knows everything, the God who is all-powerful, the God who, uh, who is just able to do everything, desires to be a part of your life. Man, what a blessing. You think about that. Some people, especially in 2020 and, and even up till now, people uh, struggle with anxiety or going out and, and even acceptance or being around other people. Hey, listen, God desires to be a part of your life. What a blessing to know that. And, and what a great thought. The Bible says in Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Listen, why wouldn't you want God to be a part of your life? That's the question. I, I really, uh, I, I do have an answer. I know why. But on the other hand, I think, man, having allowed God in my life, I couldn't imagine life without God. I, I couldn't imagine why somebody would not want God in their life. But I know what a lot of it is, is listen, some, of, some people uh, don't want God in their life because, I'll say it this way, their house is messy. You know, you, when, when guests come over, you know, the frantic rush you do getting in the door and the quick sweep, you know, grabbing the last little minute things and straightening this and making sure that that is right because somebody's coming in and you want your house to be presentable. Listen, a lot of people's lives are messy. They don't want God in their life because... They know their life is messy. They know that there's things that need cleaned up, but they don't want to clean it up. They don't want God to be a part of that because they know what their life is. But I'm telling you this, that God is interested in having a relationship with every person. And that's why he came and died on uh, the cross of Calvary and shed his precious blood and was raised again from the dead because he desires to enter and be a part of your life. The verse starts off, let, that would be allow, give entrance to God into your life. Listen, if you've never been saved or born again, then first and foremost, you have got to be saved. He enters through salvation. And listen, not only that, but I love this. He, as Christians, listen, we ought to give him entrance to have fellowship with him. And we ought to spend time with him. That verse we often... I've even used it in Revelation 3.20. Uh, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And we've used that many times for salvation. Listen, it was really written to Christians because God wants in our life, even as a Christian, to have fellowship with us and to spend time with us. And, and he desires to have a relationship, to walk with us on a regular basis. And he's knocking and he desires. You say, well, uh, you know, I come to church and, and I'm here with God. And, and, and listen, God goes everywhere with me. And listen, that's true. God may go everywhere with you. But do you really know him? Do you have a relationship with him? I was thinking about that this morning. 
I've spent a lot of time traveling in my life. And listen, there's been times that I, I have been sitting next to somebody for 16 straight hours. And I couldn't even tell you their name. Oh, I was with them. We traveled in bus. I can't tell you how many trips I took from Cajamarca uh, down to Lima. It was a 16-hour bus trip. And, and I'd bus down one night and work on paperwork and bus back the next night and sit next to a, a bus full of people. And I couldn't tell you any of their names. I couldn't tell you anything about them. I didn't know them. Oh, I was with them all night. And yes, I sat right beside them. And yes, I spent time with them. But I really didn't know them. And listen, many times in our Christian Christian life, we'll, we'll, we'll have God with us and we'll carry our Bible around. And listen, we, we, we're with God, but we really don't have a good relationship. We really don't know who he is. We didn't engage in any conversation with him. We didn't bother talking with him in that, in that time frame that we spend with him. And we don't allow him to influence our life. And, and listen, there's a difference. Would you agree with me? There's a difference between sitting by somebody for 16 hours that you don't know and you never even really get to know them and you don't talk to them. And then there's a difference between, hey, somebody that you sat down with and you converse and you talk with them and you get to to know who that person is. You say, oh, I know that person. Not because I sat with them for so many hours, but because I spent time and I talked with them and I was interested in them and they were interested in me and, and we got to know who each other was. Listen, that's the kind of relationship that God, the God of heaven, desires to have with you. Man, as a Christian, praise the Lord. He wants to walk with you. We have got to allow him to have fellowship with us. Hey, listen, not only that fellowship and spending time with him, uh, we've got to let him enter through salvation. We've got to let her enter uh, in fellowship. But listen, then there's entering in understanding the word of God. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. God, Jesus, is the word of God. We know that. And the word of Christ would be referenced to the entirety of Scripture. And listen, we need to have an understanding of the word of God. You know, you can read this book. You can read it through in one year. You can read it through in half a year and really not get anything out of it. If you don't bother paying attention, I can't tell you I'm reading. I'm, sometimes I struggle at reading. Not that I don't know how to read. I know how to read. But I read and my mind gets distracted and wanders. And I find my eyes going over the words. And I've read every single word on the page. And I read all the words on the next page, but my mind's over there. And I have zero understanding and zero comprehension of what I have read. Hey, listen, we have got to let the words of Christ, the word of Christ dwell in us richly. In other words, hey, we have got to understand. We have got to pay attention to what we're reading. We've got to think about the word of God. And the Bible says it this way in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, a while back this year, we had a fellow in, he was preaching and, and he was talking about, hey, just taking very simply the Word of God in your devotions, reading the Word of God. Take a little notebook and a pen, and, and, and before you start reading, say, God, show me something from your Word. 
And then take your pen and just write that verse down. I've done that for years. I, I don't always do that, but I've done it for years. And, and I started doing it again just because, man, sometimes we, we read and we just kind of go over things, but we don't get an understanding of it. We don't bother thinking about it. Hey, listen, the psalmist said that he meditated upon the Word of God. He'd spend time thinking about it. He'd read it in the Word of God, and that he'd allow that to mull over in his mind. And, and while he was going about his daily business, he'd think about those verses that he had read and, and the Scripture that he had, he had had in his mind when he read it in that morning. And, and listen, we ought to have an understanding of the Word of God, not only an understanding and allow it to come into our lives through salvation and have fellowship with God and have an understanding of His Word, but listen, we ought to allow the Word of God to enter into our heart. That verse, Psalm 119 and verse number 11, Thy word have I hid in mine heart. Where? Oh, in your heart. Hey, that you've taken the word of God and you've memorized it. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Hey, we've got to, we've got to take the word of God and allow it to enter our lives. It's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen because you go to bed and, and you set the Bible on top of your head and you wake up in the morning with Bible knowledge. It doesn't work that way. It's not going to happen because you come to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and, and you ought to come to church and, and man, I, I try to preach and I try to give you the Word of God, but listen, if that's all you're getting, if you're only eating three times a week, you're going to be an anemic person. That's not enough. You've got to take the Word of God for yourself. You've got to read it. You've got to understand it. You've got to digest it. You've got to meditate upon it. You've got to think about it. You've got to have a relationship with God and say, God, I want to hear from you. I desire to speak with you. I desire to, to, to spend time with you and to walk with you on a daily basis. And, and we've got to allow God into our life. It's not going to happen by accident. So that first part, let the word of Christ, we've got to allow it into our life. Then he goes on and he says, dwell in you. Not only must we allow the word of God, but secondly, it has to abide in our life. Hey, it's got to be part, it's got to be there on a regular basis. To dwell, he must be given time. Busyness leaves no room for the Word of God. Boy, our schedules, we get busy. I don't know about you, December is always a busy, busy month. We have so much going on. And I look forward, we're, we're planning the bulletin for January. Like, they're, they're, we don't have much going on. I said, praise the Lord. December is always so busy. And in that busyness, 
God's word often gets shoved aside and, and, and it doesn't abide in us. Isn't it ironic And in one of the most spiritual times of the year when we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ to the world and the entire world is, is in one essence kind of pushed to focus and look at Jesus Christ even though they're trying to uh, phase him out and bring in other things. Uh, but, but in that busyness of time, listen, many times that uh, Jesus gets crowded in this little corner of our life and, and there's all these other things that are stacked around him and, and we carve out a little bit of time here and there and we try to make time because we don't want to be like the innkeeper that said there's no room for him but yet oftentimes in the busyness of our life we, we, we get so busy that God is kind of pushed off to the side and he does not abide with us. Not that he doesn't want to, he certainly wants to. You know, it's funny because we make time to watch our favorite TV show. We make time to watch our favorite sports. We make time to scroll through our Facebook and our social media and all of the other times, all the other things. Isn't it, you can plug in whatever your favorite activity is. Maybe you make time to go fishing. Maybe you make time to go golfing. Maybe you make time to go hunting. Maybe you make time to do this or to do that. But my point is this, whatever it is, and it's not even a sin, it's not wrong to go do those things, but they crowd out Jesus Christ. And my point is this, we prioritize what's important in our lives to us. And many times Jesus and the Word of God gets pushed to a side and we get too busy for the Word of God in our life. Hey, we get too busy for church in our life. Sometimes church becomes a second priority in our life. Listen, people find every reason and excuse not to attend church. Well, you know, Johnny has a sports game and Susie has extra homework and Jimmy really likes to spend time with his family and this and that. And we'll find every other excuse. And what I'm saying is it kind of crowds out God and he's not abiding in our life like we like he ought to be. And it's not because he doesn't desire. And we've allowed him to enter but he gets crowded to a side and he no longer abides and becomes the most important. The Bible says here, let the word of Christ dwell. That would be spend time. That would be live or have an abode there and have the time and place. We've got to give him preference in our life. And many times, hey, Jesus becomes less important. Hey, in 2023, why don't we make it a priority? Why don't we make it a thing that makes it important that says, hey, I want God to abide in first place in my life. 2023 we've got to allow him in then he must abide and stay in our life stay a part of our life stay relevant through the busyness and the regular things of life and through all the other things we must keep him as a priority listen the bible says in ephesians 4 30 and grieve not the holy spirit of god whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Sometimes we grieve him because of the busyness of our schedule or the things that we put as more important than God. Hey, we need to walk as a Christian 
24-7, 365. We're on day one. And you're starting it off right. You're in church. Hey, why not, why not say, you know what? In 2023, I want God to abide in my life abide in my schedule, abide in my, uh, my daily life and all of the things that I do. We need him to dwell as the, the Bible says here, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Oh, listen how he describes that. It's got to be something that is not just a little corner uh, shack, but it's got to be the main place of our life that he would be uh, so uh, prominent in our life. Look at what it says as you read that. It says, let the word of Christ, we have to allow the word of God in us. Let the word of Christ dwell. It must abide in us uh, richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know what the effect is of, a, of allowing the Word of God to abide in you will affect you in a few areas. Number one, it will help you to, uh, to instruct or teach others. He says there in verse, um, verse 16 in the middle, teaching and admonishing one another. Some people, some people teach because they want to show how much they know. Some people teach just because it's their job and it's what they have to do and they have to teach. And then some people teach because they want to help other people have information. That's where we ought to be. The effect of the word of the, the effect of allowing the word of God into our life and the effect of allowing the word of God to abide in our life and have a first place ought to cause the effect of our lives to say, hey, you know what? I want to teach other people. I want to help instruct other people, uh, not because I want them to know how much I know, but not because it's just my job and God said that I was to instruct and teach other people, but because because I actually care about other people and I want to help them in their life. And God has shown me things in my life and God, the, the word of God has taught me things because I've allowed it in my life. It's abided in my life and therefore I've got to let the overflow, it's got to go out somewhere. And I want to teach other people. And I want to instruct and I want to help them. And I want to, because I see things that that's God has shown me in my life and that, that can help them in their life. And, 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 and listen, we ought to care about other people and teach them. I was reminded when I was in Israel, I've heard the illustration before. They said, uh, they said uh, the Sea of Galilee is way up at the north. And all the, the mountains, there's streams where it just kind of springs and it runs down into the Sea of Galilee. And the Sea of Galilee is really nothing more than a large freshwater uh, lake. But it, it's there, it's a beautiful lake. And, and then all of that runs out the bottom, the southern side of the Sea of Galilee in the river called Jordan. And it runs all the way down into what's called the Dead Sea. It is the lowest, uh, lowest, body of water and it is a salt water it's you know why it's called the dead sea because absolutely nothing can live in it the salt content is unbelievable 
How does that happen? You go from a, a freshwater lake, a river that runs all the way down to that, and you would think, hey, it would be fresh water, there would be fish, there would be algae, there would be all the natural things of life, but it doesn't have any of that. Matter of fact, it's full of salt and it's dead. There's nothing that lives in there. Why? Because it has no outlet. It doesn't go anywhere. All the water runs down there and then evaporates off. There's no, there's no flow out of the Dead Sea. There's no rivers flowing out of it. It, it just accumulates there and, and eventually absorbs into the ground or goes into the air and leaves all the mineral content in the Dead Sea. That's what causes it to be dead. And I was reminded of the fact that, listen, Christian, if we take in and take in and take in and we never give out... Hey, we're going to be a dead sea. We have got to give out. And the effect of allowing the word of God to enter your life and allowing it to abide as the primary place richly in our life, the effect of that is that, hey, we are going to desire to teach other people, not because, oh, we're so intelligent and all of that. No, but rather because we care about people and we desire to instruct and help them. And he says here, let the word, uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another you look at Jesus life and oh Jesus healed people yes he did yes Jesus reprimanded people yes he did but you know what Jesus spent a lot of time doing teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching. He took those 12 men and he drew them aside and he taught them. Then he would go out on the hillside and I read this morning as I was reading my Bible and, and, and he went up into a mount and there was a multitude of people that were drawn unto him and you know what he did? He began to teach them the Sermon on the Mount. And he taught them and he taught them and he taught. Why did he do that? Because listen, he had to have an outlet. He cared about people. He desired their life to be better. He desired to help those people. He instructed them. He gave them a way that their life could change. And by the way, we are commanded to do it. The Bible says, Matthew 28, and verse number 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Hey, we have a responsibility to teach, but I don't want you to do it out of a responsibility. I want you to do it because your cup is so full and it naturally just overflows into caring about people and teaching and helping other people. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. We must allow it. It must abide. Then he says, teaching and admonishing. The effect of it is instructing and teaching others. But not only that, the admonishing, you know what admonishing means? The word means to reprove gently or kindly. That would be, that's sometimes we think of admonishing as rebuking. Rebuking is yelling at somebody who did something wrong. What'd you do that for? That wasn't very good. Now look at the result of that. That's, that's not admonishing. Admonishing is saying, hey, listen, the, I noticed this, and if you keep going in this direction, then this is what's going to happen. If you've, if you've raised children, you admonish your children on a regular basis. You're trying to steer them in the right direction. It's not, 
in all honesty, it's not something that generally is enjoyable. We don't do it because we enjoy it. We do it because we want what's best for our children. And therefore, we admonish them and say, listen, this is the way you need to do it. And this is the way things must be done. And, and this is how you go through this. And, and you reprove and, and gently and kindly guide them and direct them. And, and we do that to help other people. Uh, a lot of Christians think, man, I, I want to rebuke somebody and, and, and just let their tongue loose. No, that's not admonishing. Admonishing is, is putting your arm around them and helping them and guiding them and instructing them. Hey, listen, that's what every Christian Christian ought to do. Hey, we ought to be helping other people. We ought to be encouraging other people to do what is right. And, and the effect of allowing the Word of God to abide in our life is to instruct and to admonish other people out of a heart of compassion and a desire to help them. We had a the Bible word for it is I have provoking, that's not the right verse. Hebrews 10.25 says this, we know the verse, says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. All the preachers love that verse. But it goes on and it says this in the second part of it, it says, as the manner of some is, but the second part is this, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. I think the verse prior to that says, provoking one another to good works. It's in there somewhere. Your homeworks, go find it. You got a whole year. We're to provoke people to do good works, to encourage people, to strengthen people. I was, I was challenged this last week to read the entire New Testament through in 30 days. I said, I'll do it. Took challenge. Then I thought, as I was thinking about it, I thought, I needed that. I needed somebody to provoke me, to say, do a little more. And as I thought about that, I thought, I'm going to provoke somebody else. He challenged me. I took it. So I turned around and challenged somebody else. Hey, will you do this? And you know what? We ought to provoke one another to good works, to do what's right, to read the Word of God, to attend church, to witness, to, to live for God, to do what we ought to be doing in our life. We ought to be in, interested in admonishing one another. You know what the last effect of it is? Look at this. I love this. It says, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know what the effect of allowing the Word of God in your life, allowing it to abide, ultimately ends in joyous singing. It does. He goes on and he says, singing with grace in your hearts. I love the phrases that he uses there. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We sang a psalm on Wednesday night. I, I love that psalm. We sing Psalm 19, that, let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. That's not it. That's, uh, that's yet another scripture song right here. Um, flip my mind now, it's gone. But, uh, but we sing Psalm 119, the law of the Lord is perfect. And, uh, and man, what a great psalm to sing. 
And I, as I read through my Bible, occasionally I come through Psalms and, and I, I hit one that I know that I've, I've sung in the past. And it just, man, it just comes to mind and I kind of sing it, you know, and, 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 it, and will, it'll stick with me. And, and even throughout the day, I'll, I'll be able to sing it. And, and hymns, sometimes we'll sing hymns. And you know what? Tomorrow morning, I'll, I'll wake up and I'll have a hymn running through my mind. And, and I love the fact that he qualified it as psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Do you know there's some songs that are not spiritual? Matter of fact, there's some songs that are anti-spiritual. They will drag you down instead of build you up. We've got to be very careful about the music that we listen to. But listen, if we're allowing the word of God into our life and we allow it to abide in our life, the effect is going to be a natural care and in instructing other people, admonishing them and then singing with joy in our hearts with grace, the Bible says, unto the Lord. We ought to be able to sing unto the Lord. In 2023, number one, let the Word of God, allow the Word of God in your life. It's up to you. I can't force it. I can stand up here and preach my heart out. I can, I can go to your house every day. I'm not going to. And open my Bible and read three chapters to you. Actually, I can't. I don't have time. But my point is, you have to allow it. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You have to allow it into your life. You have to let it abide to stay in your life. Don't crowd it out. Well, God, there's your 10 minutes and my time's up and, and we don't think about God the rest of the day. It needs to abide. It's got to stay part of our life. And the effect, the effect is we'll instruct and admonish and have joy and singing in our life. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet. Have you allowed the word of God in your life? Father, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. God, I thank you for each and every person that's here this morning. And God, starting the year off right, praise the Lord for that. What a blessing. What an encouragement. God, I pray that you would bless them, encourage them, strengthen them for starting the year off right. God, I pray that they would obviously allow, but then also abide, give you preference, and that that effect will be they'll have to share it with somebody else. God, they'll be singing it. I pray, Father, that you would speak to hearts as only you can. God, maybe there's one that does not know you. I pray, Father, that you would show them their need for salvation. Well, thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As we have a short hymn of invitation, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open. Are you allowing the Word of God in your life? Or is He standing on the outside knocking, saying, let me in. I want to I part. I want to be involved in your life. I want to have something to do with you. I want a relationship with you. Is he abiding? Is the effect that you want to teach, you want to admonish, help, guide, instruct other people 
and then singing with grace in your heart unto the Lord. As the piano's playing, the altar's open. Maybe there's some other need. Maybe you need to be baptized. We're having baptism come up and you want to present yourself for baptism. We have one and I know we're working on some others. Maybe you're thinking about joining the church. Maybe you want to pray about reading the Bible through. Building fun commitment, whatever the need. The altar's open.